Oh, don't you look at me like that. You know exactly what's happening here. We didn't reach the target. We still need 13 more subscribers. Until then, Hillary says I have to, you know, come on then. Help me out. Well, hello there, folks. Uh, it's your happy news anchor, Richard Nixon, coming to you with all the latest updates from the Ministry of Propaganda. Let's dive right in then, shall we? Let's start with the fallout from last weekend's attempted coup rebellion, or shall we say a, a road trip thing in Russia. Uh, now, the future of the Wagner Group and dear Mr. Prigozhin's role in it is a bit hazy. Uncertainty is in the air, even reaching their operations in Africa, where they've got quite a number of fighters. Some folks speculate that the disarray in Russia might lead to a breakdown of the overall Russian war effort. But let me tell you, chaos in a nuclear-armed nation always raises concerns. It could have profound implications for Russia's global standing, especially with partners like China, uh, who might be questioning Putin's authority. Good old Putin appeared quite miffed, visibly angry, as he denounced the rebellion as blackmail. He claimed that the entire Russian society united against it, but he conveniently left out mentioning Prigozhin by name. In a rare public appearance, Prigozhin himself said he wasn't seeking to oust Putin. He was just, you know, trying to overthrow his defense ministry. Not like that is a challenge to uh, Putin's leadership or anything. Prigozhin finally arrived in Belarus this week, as reported by state media. The Russian authorities dropped the charges against him and his fighters. They appear to be holding up in an abandoned military base in Belarus. State media also mentioned that the Wagner Group will be handing over some military equipment to the army, but the details are scarce. Uh, we don't know how many of those Wagner fighters, Pregazin claimed there were 25,000 of them, will agree to be placed under the Russian army's command. Now, as rattled as some folks may be about an armed insurrection in a nuclear-armed nation, Russia's friends and business partners ain't likely to abandon Putin, according to those diplomats and analysts. My colleagues in Washington have reported that good old General Sergei Surovikin, who once commanded in Ukraine, apparently knew about the planned revolt. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. Even the U.S. intelligence officials were in the loop about this mutiny. But they kept quiet. You know why? Because they thought if Donald said anything publicly, Putin would accuse him of orchestrating a coup. Uh, yeah, a uh, pretty smart move. Uh, come on. The U.S. government being involved in a coup. Our bear's Catholic. Does the Pope shit in the woods? Now get this, folks. Uh, on Friday, uh, there are reports going around that Russian authorities seem to have detained General Sergei Sorovikin. They suspect he was somehow involved in or knew about the Wagner Rebellion. That's quite the twist, isn't it? Oh, boy. With Putin Prigozhin. Sorovikin... And Lukashenko in the mix, it feels like we've got double the seriousness and double the baldness of a Fast and Furious movie. Stay tuned. Now let's turn our attention towards Ukraine. Tragic news, folks. The death toll from the strike on a popular restaurant in Kramatorsk has risen to 11. Uh, based on some of the images of the victims, it is speculated that there might have been a U.S. Special Forces tattoo convention going on in the basement, but hey... There's some good news. Uh, the Pentagon announced that they, they'll be sending an additional $500 million in weapons, including 55 armored vehicles and equipment for clearing minefields. Got to keep those troops well-equipped, right? Although I might add, a few weeks back, the Pentagon admitted to an accounting error. Oh, oops! They somehow miscounted $6 billion. Hmm. 
with all this talk of millions and billions, makes me wonder. Um, are they talking about U.S. dollars or maybe those Zimbabwean dollars? Can't trust those accountants, can we? You know, the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade about a year ago. But let me tell you, folks, that ruling really shook things up. It led to a seismic shift in public opinion. Nowadays, most Americans say abortion is morally acceptable and think the laws are too strict. They're more likely to identify as pro-choice. Quite the turnaround, isn't it? This week, the Supreme Court ruled that race-based admissions at a uh, Harvard University and the University of North Carolina are unconstitutional. Whoa! Uh, this means those elite campuses that aimed to increase diversity among their students might become less black and Latino. Chief Justice John Roberts claimed these admission programs involve racial stereotyping and employ race in a negative manner. Well, slap me with mayonnaise and call me a member of the Brady Bunch. Who would have thought it, huh? This ruling also brought Asian American admissions into the spotlight. You see, for years, applicants have downplayed their Asian identity to appear less Asian. It's been quite the debate, let me tell you. Now, President Biden criticized the decision, calling it not a normal court. He directed the Education Department to analyze practices that can build a more inclusive and diverse student body. On the other hand, Republicans running for president love the ruling. Ah, politics. Seems like the Supreme Court has a knack for passing uh, inflammatory rulings or overturning historical precedents around this time of the year. You know, between me and you folks, I even heard rumors that for next year they're thinking of uh, re-legalizing <laughs> slavery. Whoa, uh, whoa, hold your horses, folks. It's only for cases where the slave is self-employed, like if they work for Uber, delivery drivers, or someone who works for tips, come on, what's a bit of pen and ink to something that's already a reality? Turning to former President Trump, an audio recording from 2021 has surfaced, and it seems to undercut his claim that he didn't show classified documents at a meeting. Oh, Donnie, Donnie, what a predicament. He openly mentioned not being able to declassify the documents, including General Milley's war plans against Iran. Tsk, tsk, tsk. Recording conversations never ends well for presidents, does it? Now, let's shift our attention to Pakistan. There's some uh, drama going on there, folks. Pakistan's military has fired three senior uh, army commanders and disciplined 15 top officers over their conduct during recent uh, protests supporting the former prime minister, Imran Khan. Analysts say this is the strongest action the military has taken against its own in decades. Talk about a crackdown. The message is clear. Support for Khan won't be tolerated in the ranks. The military is using an increasingly strong hand to squash that support. Since the protest, they've arrested over 5,000 of Khan's supporters. And get this, at least 102 of them will be tried in military courts. That move has drawn criticism from uh, human rights groups. Quite the situation, isn't it? Well, then, let's take a quick look at some other stories, shall we? In Sierra Leone, the main opposition party has accused the military of attacking their headquarters. After weekend elections, President Julius Matabio seems to have won re-election as a confirmed by the Election Commission. However, his main rival rejected the result. Oh, the drama. Mm. Over in Myanmar, there was a flower strike. 
to mark the birthday of their imprisoned civilian leader, Aung San Suu Kyi. Well, that didn't sit well with the authorities, and widespread arrests followed. Tensions are high, folks. On a brighter note, Greece had its elections, and, and Kyriakos Mitsotakis of the Conservative New Democracy Party won in a landslide victory. Bravo, Kyriakos. Oh, and speaking of, of debris and preserved human remains, they were brought back to land from the Titan submersible. Now, I could make a joke about a new type of billionaire-flavored sausage that they discovered, but that might be a bit too soon or too harsh. Uh, so let's move on swiftly. Ah, Israel. They're at it again, building more illegal settlements in the occupied West Bank. Most countries say it violates international law, but hey, who cares about international law, right? It seems it only applies to Russians, Africans, and maybe Chinese people. Quite the double standard, if you ask me. And in South Korea, they've adopted a new law that changes how people count their ages. You see, their, their previous age-counting method made them a year or two older than they really are. Talk about playing with numbers. Now, here's a piece of news that sparked outrage in Muslim countries. In, in Sweden, someone burned a Quran outside a, a mosque on one of Islam's holiest days. Well, that, that didn't go down well, folks. Apparently, the, the Swedes believe that, that, that burning books is a sign of civilization and high culture. I mean, these people were Vikings once upon a time. In response, some folks in Muslim countries are considering a unique retaliation, misassembling those crappy little tables from... Ikea. Now that's a cheeky move. Speaking of b burning stuff, oh, the, the French, they're, they're causing a stir. Again, um, protests erupted after a police officer shot and killed a 17-year-old during a traffic stop. The officer responsible was detained on homicide charges, but that didn't calm things down. Riots broke out in over a dozen cities, and the authorities are bracing themselves for further demonstrations. They've deployed around 40,000 officers across the country. That's quite the increase from the 9,000 at the start of the unrest. At least 180 people have been arrested so far. The initial accounts from French news media, based on anonymous police sources, claimed that the teenager had rammed into officers during the traffic stop. But a video appeared to contradict that claim. Ah, Paris, en le summer. What sight? Wine flows through the streets dubious literature, and fantasies from le presse, le smoke, le guillotine, le colonial slaughter, uh, mon ami, mon cœur, liberté, égalité, despair. Now let's talk about Chinese and American relations. Polls show that Americans are starting to view China in a similar light to how they once viewed the Soviet Union during the Cold War. From 2000 to 2016, Americans had comparable views of China, favorably and unfavorably. But things changed in 2018 with Donald Trump's anti-China rhetoric and the trade war. Today, most Americans view China as either unfriendly or an enemy. This souring opinion could make it harder to mend ties and, and avoid conflict. The negative message from leaders about China is being absorbed by the public, and that in turn can lead to more aggressive actions and language. Quite the situation, isn't it? This time, the U.S. is considering curbs on tech exports to China, specifically chips essential to AI. That news sent the tech stocks diving. 
and shifting our gaze to India, their economy is growing at about 6% per year. Quite the global bright spot. However, as India becomes the most populous nation, this growth is creating job imbalances, a situation worth keeping an eye on. And that brings us to the end of another delightful evening, my dear friends. But before we bid adieu, let us leave you with a quick update on the latest rat and whale news. Our first tale takes us to the enchanting land of New Zealand, where a remarkable endeavor is underway. The esteemed BBC informs us that by the year 2050, this beautiful nation aims to bid farewell to the scourge of rats. Yes, you heard it right. New Zealand is on a noble mission to create a rat-free paradise, an ambitious quest to reclaim its pristine natural landscapes from the clutches of these furry invaders. Hmm. What parasites might they move on to next? Yeah, uh, the mind wonders. Now let us venture into the depths of the mighty oceans where a mesmerizing encounter occurred during an endurance sailing race near the renowned Strait of Gibraltar. Picture this, a pod of majestic killer whales gracefully gliding through the azure waters. Ah, a sight to behold. However, fate had something unexpected in store for the courageous sailors. The vessel, as it neared the strait, experienced a gentle nudge from these magnificent creatures, a display of their power and playful nature. Researchers inform us that such encounters with the noble Iberian orcas are becoming increasingly common and, dare I say, sometimes characterized by a touch of assertiveness. Between the rats and the orcas, we don't seem to be making many friends, do we? And there you have it. Dear viewers, you've been watching the Ministry of Propaganda, but worry not, for we shall return next week bringing you more delightful tales from around the globe. Until then, stay joyful, stay hopeful, and keep those smiles shining bright, as bright as the glow of a burning Renault on summer's night in Paris. Hey, baby, don't forget to subscribe, please. <laughs>